Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Well, being Pentecost Sunday, somebody say happy birthday, church. That's exactly what it is. It's the birth date of the church. And we commemorate a dynamic event that happened over 2,000 years ago when God sent the Holy Ghost and He come down, filled the 120 with divine power as detailed in Acts chapter 2. By the end of the day, that day, 3,000 people had been saved. The church began as a movement on earth, and uh, that happened for the very first time. And how many know life has not been the same since? Somebody say, thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's voice that spoke multiple times in the book of Acts, and I'm thankful that He still speaks to us today if we unmute His voice. Now, how many, uh, how many in here, uh, just by show of hands, how many know what a Zoom call is? Zoom call. Um, with COVID-19, uh, many folks found themselves conducting work and business uh, through uh, virtual media programs like, like a program called Zoom, and they have many others. Uh, but I was just thinking, you know, some of the joys of Zoom. Like uh, just uh, talking up a storm without knowing that you're being seen but not being heard because your mute button is on. Finally, somebody stops you and says, um, uh, we can't hear you. I think you need to unmute yourself or, you know, bottom left corner, click on that because we can't hear you. You know, that was a common problem. And then how many know, though, we've, we've, we've all known the opposite problem where we look for the mute button because we want to mute the background noise, whether it's sirens or barking dogs or, or slamming doors or the distracting chit-chat of others. You know, this past election year uh, included for the very first time a mute button at the last presidential debate where the moderator could silence the voice of, of one candidate while the other one had the clock. Remember that? Well, well, well. I'll just say that there's a fair share of politicians that it sure would be nice, you know, to put them on mute. Don't you wish you had a mute button in life? Huh? Negativity and untruth, just mute that. Anger, slander, profanity, just mute that. Hate, racism, stupidity, just mute it. Well, Paul told the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 14.10, he said there are many kinds of of voices in the world. Think of that. There are many kinds of voices in the world. The truth is, they compete with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Satan, our adversary, tries to mute the Spirit's voice with a multitude of loud and persistent and persuasive and appealing voices. We hear bitter voices that invoke preconceived injustices. We hear dishonest voices that despise the truth and challenge the facts. We hear seductive voices 
that offer sensual enticements. We hear soothing voices that lull us into carnal security. We hear intellectual voices that profess sophistication and superiority. We hear proud voices that rely on the arm of the flesh. We hear flattering voices that puff us up with pride. We hear negative and cynical voices that destroy hope in our lives. We hear entertaining voices that promote pleasure-seeking. I mean, know what I'm talking about. We hear commercial voices that tell us we have to have the latest gadget in order to be happy. We hear delirious voices that generate the desire for a drug or an alcohol-induced uh, high. But today, we are surrounded by multitudes of voices telling us how to satisfy our lives or how to satisfy our passions and how to have it all. And we hear whispers from the devil on one shoulder, and he's trying to deceive us and lead us into sin, while we hear the promptings from the Holy Spirit on the older, other shoulder who wants to help us become more holy. See, if we are going to have any measure of success in our faith, we need to know which of these competing voices to mute and unmute. Is this okay? Spiritually speaking, if we are not careful, we can mute the Holy Spirit's voice because of certain exaggerations, and I can call them extremes, freak manifestations in some churches that have crossed the line from classical Pentecost to extreme charismatic Pentecost, that because of that, there's many folks that are afraid of the Holy Ghost. Hello. They're leery. They're, they avoid and neglect Him altogether. And in doing so, they mute his voice. How many, how many can say, that's a tragedy? That's a misfortune. Paul said in our text, these words, quench not the Spirit. Say that with me. Quench not. As I revisited the definition of the word quench this week, I found that a couple of the definitions means to muffle and to mute. Paul says we should never muffle or mute the Holy Spirit's voice. Why, Pastor? Because He has something to say to us. And how many know we need to hear what the Spirit saith unto the church? I wonder how many times, I just was thinking back in my life, how many times I have muted the Holy Spirit and wound up going the wrong direction, making the wrong decision. Hello. I was thinking, how would it be instead of thinking, you know, a lot of us think we got this thing. We can do this on our own. Instead of thinking that, we could save ourselves a lot of time and a lot of trouble if we would hit the unmute button and just listen for a while. For the voice of the Holy Spirit, allow him to help us navigate through the confusing, chaotic roads of life. Listen, muting the Holy Spirit 
is a crucial mistake, church. How many really believe that? And truth is, believe it or not, whole professing Christian denominations have muted the voice of the Holy Spirit by believing that He does not speak anymore. Hmm? Just like a remote control that allows us to mute what we don't want to hear, they have done the same thing to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. It's a Bible college affiliated with the Assemblies of God. A few years ago, the president of the university was Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland tells a story about a time he was flying out of Los Angeles back to Florida after a time of intense ministry. He said he was tired and he was feeling rather unspiritual at that particular moment. When he was seated on the plane, he says, I was seated next to a gentleman who just wanted to make conversation in the worst way. So he said, the gentleman asked him, said, what do you do for a living? Dr. Rutland replied, he said, I'm a Bible college president and a minister. The gentleman who came to find out, come to find out, was also a minister in another denomination. And as he continued to probe, he discovered that Dr. Rutland was affiliated with a Pentecostal denomination. It was then that this gentleman realized that they held very different doctrinal positions. And Dr. Rutland said this, this guy's demeanor, demeanor immediately changed. His tone became argumentative. He decided to take advantage of this opportunity to debate a real live Pentecostal. So he looked at Dr. Rutland and said, I have something I want to ask you. Dr. Rutland said, I'm not in the mood for a debate. He said, I commented that I'd just like to sit here and relax and drink my Diet Coke. But the man insisted and he said, there's something I want to know. Dr. Rutland, do you believe God still speaks? Because we don't. The canon of Scripture is closed. We don't believe he still speaks. And Dr. Rutland reluctantly responded and said, okay. He said, I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. He said, you, you said you're a minister. He said, are you called to preach or not? And the man shot back and said, yes, of course I am. I'm called to preach. Dr. Rutland said, then let me ask you. Who called you? Hallelujah. Dr. Rutland said that gentleman had no reply. He turned his face to the window, and he never spoke to Dr. Rutland again the rest of the flight. Hearing the voice of God via the Holy Spirit, church is one of the most basic and profound secrets to discovering God's will and God's call for our lives. In fact, without the ability to hear the Spirit's voice, knowing God's calling on our lives would actually be impossible. It would be impossible. If we are to be filled with the Spirit, as Paul said in Ephesians 5.18, we must unmute his voice. Because, let's face it, in many modern church cultures, 
they've muted the greatest voice that can help them in these last days. By and large, the modern church culture is drowning in immorality. Confusion between right and wrong is overwhelming. Yet, if we would unmute the voice of the Spirit, there would come a purity, a peace, and a power that would enable and embolden our impact for the kingdom of God. Hearing the voice of the Spirit is not only possible for the child of God, uh, it is absolutely imperative for the child of God. Paul said in Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Christ said in the theme verse, John 10, 27, that if we are part of his flock, we have all been called by the voice of the shepherd. And that voice that called us to salvation is the same voice that will lead us throughout our lives via the voice of the Holy Spirit. In, in the church, many sincere born-again believers have divided themselves into two camps. These are the spirit people or the word people. I'm the spirit people. We're the word people. Hmm? The spirit people put their emphasis on the aspects of Christianity like supernatural manifestations, healings, and so forth. The word people prefer a more intellectual approach. They think of themselves as serious students of the word, and so they shy away from anything that seems to be emotional or the least bit sensational. Listen, folks, to me, these distinctions are nonsense. If any form of emotional or experiential Christianity is not based upon the Scripture, it is nothing more than New Age mysticism. Hello. And if any form of Christianity is entirely intellectual and has no impact on our real life experience, then it's nothing more than an empty shell. Listen, people of the Word must also be people of the Spirit. People of the Spirit must also be people of the Word. There is no need to separate the two. In fact, to do so is dangerous. We need the illumination that the Holy Spirit brings because Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, 6 that the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. And this is why some of the most disciplined students of Scripture, some professors and even scholars, can become doubters and skeptics and agnostics because they study the Scriptures from a purely intellectual, cognitive perspective. However, at the end of Christ's earthly ministry, as He was preparing to go to the cross, He told His disciples in John 14, 26, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send you in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. See, the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. It's not 
not a denomination or an optional experience reserved for a handful of Christians. He is the third person of the triune God. He's given us by the Father in response to the prayer of the Son to be in us and to do everything that Christ would have done in our lives were He still here physically with us. So without the Holy Spirit's active participation in our lives, the heavens would be silent. For He's the one who reveals the voice of God to our lives. Okay? Now, it's this fellowship, it's this uh, communion with the Holy Spirit that makes our lives impact others for Christ. So to say that the Holy Spirit isn't, isn't speaking today is insidious. It's dangerous. Christ told us He would speak to us through the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what He does. The Holy Spirit is a living person. It's not an it. It's not an inanimate force. The Scripture says He can be embraced. He can be grieved. He can be, be received or He can be shunned. He can be valued. He can be devalued, rejected. His voice can be recognized or His voice can be ignored. That is why that at the end of every letter to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, in Asia Minor, there's that little phrase that says this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So I want us to consider this question this morning. What would the Holy Spirit say to us today if we would just unmute His voice? I want to share three things for us at Broadway that I believe the Holy Spirit would say to us if we would unmute His voice. Number one, I believe that when unmuted, the first thing the Holy Spirit would say is simply this, learn of me. Because how many know there's a lot of folks, they don't have a clue. Huh? Here in this church, what's the name of this church? Broadway Assembly. I had somebody come to me a few years back, and they said so-and-so, when he was taking up the prayer request, said something about, uh, a day when, the, when a dove fell on some people or came into a room. And they said, is that story in the Bible? I said, you better believe it is. Hallelujah. There's a lot of folks that don't know. Hello. It's through the Scriptures that the Holy Spirit reveals Himself to us. There's no denying the existence of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 88 times. 23 books in the Old Testament refer to the Holy Spirit, although the actual expression Holy Spirit is used only three times. Psalm 51.11, Isaiah 63.10, and Isaiah 63.11. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 264 times. And there are 60 or more references to the Holy Spirit just in the Gospels alone. 
The book of Acts has 57 references to the Holy Spirit, which is why some call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Now, some Bibles title the book of Acts the Acts of the Apostles. I really like the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. The Spirit is present in nearly every book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The apost- uh, actually, the epistles refer to the Holy Spirit 132 times, and there are three epistles that do not make mention of the Holy Spirit, and those are Philemon, 2nd, and 3rd John. The Bible describes 27, though, different functions of the Holy Spirit in the church or in the life of the Christian. So don't get nervous. I don't have 27 points. That'd be way too much to cover in one sermon, right? I thought so too. But one of the primary functions, though, we're just going to deal with this one. The primary function is to relay to us the Father's voice. I like that. John 16, 13, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, hallelujah, of the Father or of the Son, that shall he speak. So we need to learn the fact that the Holy Spirit, listen, he's truly the voice of the Father. He is not just some active force like the Jehovah's Witness believe. He is not just some electricity like the Mormons believe. He is the very voice of the Father. And He is inviting every one of us to hear and believe Him when He speaks to us. All right, so that's point number one. We learn of Him. He would say, learn of me. Now, Perhaps the second thing he would say is don't neglect me. Use me. Somebody say, use me. The Holy Spirit would say to each of us here today, don't leave my power untapped. He would say, use me, for example, in times of prayer, in times of intercession. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when pain and confusion have set in and I simply don't know what to pray for or how to pray. Hmm? The Apostle Paul tells us that when we get to the point where we just don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit can intercede for us. In other words, He will speak to the Father on our behalf. He will express our deepest needs to the Father. And so the Holy Spirit says, when you get to the point that you don't know how to pray, listen, friends, don't worry. Just use me. I'll speak on your behalf to the Father. He says, use me for guidance. Use me for direction. Use me for power over temptation. Use me for revelation of the truth. Use me to strengthen yourself in times of weakness. Use me for peace during times of worry and anxiety. Use me for comfort in times of crisis. Oh, church, let's use the power of the Holy Ghost. Today I find we rely on so many other things except the Holy Spirit. 
I'm reminded of my own need for his fullness in my life. Listen, folks, I cannot complete the call of God on my life in human wisdom or human strength. I need all that comes from the Holy Spirit. I need to be daily baptized in the Holy Spirit. Listen, if we would fully tap into the power of His Spirit, we could see, I believe we could see more healings take place. I think we could see more revival come across the church and across the nation. If we would fully tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, we could love more. We could forgive more. We could see more miracles. I personally believe that if we were to tap into that unlimited resource of His power, we would experience these signs and wonders that Christ would promise us would follow those who believe. Praise God. My third point, I'm closing. Well, third point, then I'll conclude. Third thing the Holy Spirit would say if we would unmute Him is, not only use me, but here's one last thing I believe he'd say. Let me use you. Huh? Holy Spirit would say to us, I can use you because the Father has a call on your life. Every one of us are called. In the beginning of Christ's ministry, if you understand, he, uh, uh, I'll tell you, he had some pretty thick disciples. Hmm? We could highlight some of their not-so-good moments. On one occasion, for example, you remember John? Maybe this is why he was referred to as one of the sons of thunder. On one occasion, he wanted to destroy an entire village because they didn't welcome Christ or his disciples. They actually said, Lord, why don't you just call fire down from heaven and just fry them into crispy critters? Hmm? How about this one? Judas embezzled money, sold out Christ. Hello? How about Peter? Denied that he even knew Christ hours, just hours after saying he would die for Christ if he had to. How about the other time they were bickering among themselves over who was the greatest? I'm the favorite. No, I'm the favorite. I'm going to get to sit on the right hand. No, I'm going to get to sit on the... Huh? They constantly misunderstood the teachings of Christ. So originally, and the key word there is originally, they weren't exactly the brightest stars in the sky. Hello. But oh, hallelujah. In a matter of just weeks or months after Christ's death and resurrection and ascension, these same disciples became bold evangelists for Christ. And if you tune in to their resume post-Pentecost, you'll find Peter is preaching and thousands come to Christ. Peter and John 
stands up to the most powerful Jewish council, the same Jewish council that condemned Christ, they stand up to them with boldness. Oh, hallelujah. Most of them go on to found and plant and pastor churches. They, they take the gospel to most of their known world as far as south as Ethiopia, as far north as Armenia, uh, uh, even into the former Soviet Union. These guys went as far west as Rome, as far east as India. Some were tortured and all but one of them were executed for their faith. How did this happen? How did this group of ordinary, flawed, reactionary, proudful guys become world changers who literally changed the course of history? Listen, how did it happen? The answer to that question is they believed in the Holy Spirit. They used His power and let Him use them. Praise God. That's the answer to the question of how this misfit group of disciples became first class world changers. Uh, they embraced the power of the Holy Spirit. It transformed their lives uh, and He used them. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody ought to say praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Is this making sense? Have you ever read, how many in here has ever read chapter 29 of the book of Acts? Don't raise your hand because it's not there. There's no chapter 29, at least not in the Bible. Acts 29, though, is the story of all that's happened from the time of Paul's imprisonment up until today. Huh? This 2,000-year-long chapter includes the stories of Pentecostal pioneers, church planters, laymen. It includes the stories of Broadway Assembly all the way back in the 1920s. Hello. It includes the stories of martyrs and missionaries like the ones we read about in our church history. Listen, it includes the stories of joyful, dedicated servants of God who, believe it or not, can include you and I because we play a vital role in Acts chapter 29. Hello? The Holy Spirit lives in us, uh, constantly forming and shaping us uh, so that we can make a difference in our corner of our world. Uh, listen, it's easy to look at the heroes of Scripture and the church uh, and see them as something special. And they are special, don't get me wrong. But they got that way by listening to the Spirit's voice uh, just like you and I can. Don't think, I'm just an ordinary person, Pastor. Listen, don't put limits on what the Spirit can accomplish through you. Oh, i got to hurry. I know. You're, you got your minds on the roast beef in the oven. Now the Holy Spirit is constantly knocking on our door. Your door and mine. And He's saying, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I believe we rely too much on ourselves sometimes rather than on the Holy Spirit when it comes to reaching the lost. How many's got lost loved ones? You got any lost family? Unchurched? 
You know, it's the Holy Spirit that will prepare their heart. Huh? And then give you the opportunity to sow the seed of the gospel on prepared soil. Huh? And when we allow him to do that, he'll speak through us and we'll say the right thing to the right person at the right time. See, the voice of Pentecost is the voice of the Spirit who is the voice of God. And may we never mute Him. As we stand together, I want us to ask ourselves a couple questions this morning. Ask yourself, is my daily life consciously dependent upon the Spirit's voice and guidance? When's the last time you felt an impression from the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you felt a nudge? Hello? We don't need to just be Pentecostal by name only. We must be Pentecostal by experience. Well, this, there it is. I was thinking this week, would I have missed the Holy Spirit if He had been withdrawn from me this week? Would you have even missed it? Missed Him, excuse me. Do we lean on Him for the purity in our lives and the power of God in our families? Is our daily desire to bear witness of Christ to those who are perishing? That's one reason He came. The power of the Spirit isn't given just to make us happy. Isn't just given to give us Goosebumps on a Sunday morning. It is given to make us holy so that our life, our words, and our deeds bring glory to God and bear witness to His saving grace. Others will see your good works, glorify your Father which is in heaven. That should be the meaning of Pentecost for you and me on a Pentecost Sunday in 2021. Father, thank you for the promise of the Spirit. And thank you for the actuality, God, that you sent him into the church. Thank you, Lord, that I know for a fact the Holy Spirit is here this morning. Oh, I want you to just begin to thank him for being here this morning. Right where you're at, on the left, on the right, in the middle. Come on, just start thanking him. Holy Spirit, Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for being with me this week. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, listen. You were kept from things you didn't even know about. 
But the Holy Spirit kept you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, just begin to praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now I want you to ask yourself, is there any area of my life that I need Him to fill me up? Is there any area of my life that I want to have more of the Holy Spirit in? If you can say yes to that, then why don't you just join me across the front? Why don't you just come and spend a few moments in His presence and give Him the opportunity to come in Oh, now you may have to empty your life out. You may have to uh, just uh, uh, pour some other things out so God could pour His Spirit in, but that's okay. That's how it works. That's how it works. Young people, if you're here this morning, you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and power with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, uh, you can do it before you walk out of the doors this morning. You can do it right where you're at, tuning in online, whether you're sitting on your couch uh, or sitting around the table. Uh, You can be full of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I feel His presence.